Hi, I'm Brenda Burns, and this is the Vienna Assembly of God Sermons Podcast. Thank you for listening. It's an honor to share this time with you. Learn more about the ministries of Vienna Assembly of God at ViennaAG.com. Please leave your comments and reviews on the platform where you're listening. And now for today's message. Picking up where we left off three weeks ago, before Palm Sunday and Easter, um, from the book, The Deeply Formed Life by Rich Velotis, we have grown through the whole season of Lent in our spiritual formation through specific practices, contemplative rhythms, racial reconciliation, interior examination, sexual wholeness, and missional presence. As we enter into the season of the church calendar, as Rachel already mentioned, this is Eastertide, the period between Christ's resurrection and the day of Pentecost. We are looking at deeper, we're looking more deeply at the practices of missional presence. So I'm sharing some of the scriptures that we already used um, three weeks ago with a couple more that talk to specifically today's topic, which is hospitality. So I want to ask you, what comes to your mind when you hear the word hospitality? Is it one of those things that some people have and others do not? Is it something reserved for people with plenty of money, lots of space, and loads of time on their hands? Is that the only people for whom hospitality is a gift? Can you think of a time when you were the recipient of someone's gracious hospitality? And if you can... If a certain experience comes to mind, I invite you to just go ahead and write it down in a short phrase because I want you to remember that. I want you to come back to that later. A time when you were the recipient, someone was giving you generous, gracious hospitality. It could be something like, that time I had dinner at my friend's house. Or the year we were invited to Thanksgiving with a church member. Or uh, that vacation house that we were provided that helped our family get together. So think about a time when you received hospitality and, and write it down. And here's the questions I want you to think about it. How did it make you feel? What did you love about it? And maybe, what did you not enjoy? How did it make you feel? What did you love about it? What did you not enjoy? The practice of hospitality is emphasized here as an essential way for us to be formed into being a missional 
presence to be shaped and transformed into being like Jesus and to be on mission with God. I hope that by the end of this talk, we are all convinced that hospitality is not a particular industry or a unique gift that only certain people can claim, but it is a practice that every one of us can do and grow in and keep getting better and better at it. And as we do, we will be transformed and create the space where others can be welcomed into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And friends, we can do this together, becoming and being a transforming community where each of us experience the joy of belonging. Hmm, I want that for every one of us. So let's look at the scripture together and see what the word of God has to say. First, John 20, 19 through 23. This is on Resurrection Day. Verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. On the day of his resurrection, Jesus commissioned his followers, announcing peace and sending them out. One of the dreams that we talked about last month at our dream session is for Vienna Assembly of God to be a sending church. And I am praying for that regularly, that the Lord will send workers into his harvest, those called to work here in this church and this community, and then those that will be sent out from here to proclaim the good news. Another part of the dreams we have for each other here is that we will be a welcoming church, a nurturing church, a place where spiritual seekers can come and have an experience of Jesus. So let's look at this passage in Mark and see how Jesus modeled this. Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as 
dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. Cool. But when the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Amen. Any known sinners in the room? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and real quick, let's look down to Romans 12, 9 through 13, where the Apostle Paul writes, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying when God's people are in need, be ready to help them always be eager to practice hospitality. This is the word of the Lord. Father, I thank you for your anointing on your word. I pray that our minds and hearts and ears would be open to hear what you have to say to us today, that this word would be good seed that would bring forth a good harvest in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus did not own a large house. He told one person who wanted to follow him, he didn't even have a place to lay his head at night. Yet he was the most hospitable person ever. Jesus had an open heart, an open posture of welcome, and that's what we want to practice. Hospitality says, you belong here. It is good that you, you, each one of you are here. So here is Rich Velota's summary statement on hospitality from the book. In the practice of hospitality, the goal is not to convert anyone, as if we could, the objective is not to corner someone and obtrusively preach at him or her. The reason we are hospitable is to open our hearts to others in the way that God has opened his heart to us. I have found that as spaces are created, conversations on faith naturally emerge. As theologian Henri Nouwen said, Hospitality is not to change people, but to offer them space where change can take place. 
As we consider the practice of hospitality today, I also want us to acknowledge ways in which the pandemic has reshaped us, quenched some of our normal patterns of hospitality, and ask ourselves a couple of tough questions. One, is it time to shake it up again? and lift ourselves out of some of the pandemic patterns. It's true. We had to do things the way we had to do them. But in the, time, in the doing of that, some other patterns have developed that it might be time to put aside. Second, are there ways I am using COVID-19 as an excuse when God is offering a fresh start and strength to move forward? And I don't know the answers to those questions for any one of us, but I think we need to ask ourselves and do some interior examination and let the Lord transform us and get us out of some patterns that aren't serving us well now going forward. Thinking back to the time that you wrote down earlier, okay, that moment, the feelings you experienced as you received hospitality, I, I want to share, here's some thoughts that I considered as I was thinking of those questions. I think of hospitality as affirming, as spacious and peaceful, the chance to relax and to just be and the freedom to not fret or worry about things, even knowing that eventually those things will need attention. But in that moment of hospitality, I can be embraced by the love, and I can embrace the moment. It is the kind of acceptance and restfulness that all of us long for. So what keeps it from happening <laughs> what keeps us from practicing hospitality and what might keep me from receiving hospitality from others when it is offered to me well i think our passage in mark gives some really great insight so at this dinner party that Matthew had invited all his friends because he, he had, that Jesus has called him to follow him. He wants all his friends to meet Jesus. It sounds like everyone was enjoying the dinner and this chance to be with Jesus, except for the religious leaders. Rather than having open hearts and a posture of welcome, they were stingy and stuck up. The idea of opening up to those whom they considered unworthy. They called them scum, people. <laughs> that was just too much for them. So this is where Jesus chided them and said that he came for those who already know they're sinners, not for those too proud to admit that they are sinners, too much into their own self-righteousness. So one hindrance to hospitality is pride, self-righteousness, 
judgmentalism, etc. Another challenge we might face is fear. Fear of rejection. Fear of ridicule. Fear of the unknown. There is something quite vulnerable in practicing hospitality. So let's consider the example of inviting someone to your home. Although this is, this is not the only way of showing hospitality. It's just one way. But I'll use myself as an example. I used to be quite nervous about having people into my home because I never felt I had it clean enough. <laughs> Depending on the person, I also might be concerned, is it fashionable enough? Do I have modern enough furnishings? Or is the food good enough? Or is it comfortable? My own insecurities were a real hindrance to my opening my heart and being at peace in opening our home. Now, I have pushed through that through the years because I realized that no matter what I did, there will always be more cleaning that could be done. Or there could be newer furniture or a more stylish room, a better design. All those things are nice, but they aren't the ingredients for hospitality. This is where the passage in Romans is really helpful, where it says, love each other with genuine affection. And whether we are talking about an invitation into your home or an invitation to reveal your open heart, no matter where you are, the real essence of hospitality is love, a true and unvarnished love of your neighbor. I told you at the beginning of 2022, we are going to focus on the theme of love your neighbor. It is going to keep showing up throughout this year, and here it is again. So I want to invite us to just put aside pride and put aside fear and continue to deepen our practice of hospitality. I'm going to share a couple of examples that Rich Velotis gives in his book, but I do want you to hear me when I'm saying this practice of hospitality can be done wherever you are. If, it's, if you're in a restaurant having a conversation with somebody, if you are walking down the street and see your neighbors in your workplace, wherever you are, it, this practice can be a part of our formation. So one example was a conversation that Rich Velotis had with an Uber driver. Because he was traveling to speak at a pastor's conference, the driver asked why he was in town, and so that made a conversation start about spiritual matters. The driver let him know that she was not attending church, but instead kind of picking and choosing 
different aspects from a few religions and designing a customized version for herself. His non-judgmental posture showed hospitality to the driver, even though he was in her car, and it allowed the discussion to open up to where she shared an experience in a, with a church when she was young that had deeply wounded her because he was curious enough to want to hear her story. He didn't just jump in and say, well, you know, the Bible says there's only one way. You know, he did not do that. He listened to her, wanted to hear her story. She received the grace of a listening ear. Although he doesn't know what happened after that ride, he knows that she met at least one Christian that loved genuinely and practiced hospitality. The other example was nearby their church in Queens, uh, New York City, where the city decided to repurpose an apartment building into a homeless shelter. Because they unfortunately failed to involve the community in the planning, the neighbors were quite upset and began to picket the building and harass the new occupants. So the young people of his church decided to host a barbecue and invited these new residents. That show of hospitality helped these folks who had been facing angry neighbors and pickets to instead receive a welcome and a sense of belonging. A final hindrance to hospitality is stinginess, which is a form of greed. To be hospitable might cost you something whether that be money for food, time for preparing and serving and cleaning, or, or energy for working hard at it, like the verse in Romans said. That barbecue that the church put on for the, to welcome the new neighbors, it costs money. It costs time. It costs labor. But the practice of hospitality is so worth it. I received a resource this last week from the Jude 3 Project. It is a booklet of Christian apologetics using terminology from the early church in Africa. It is a fascinating book. But one of the terms used is, and I don't know if I'm even pronouncing it right, but is Urpa, U-R-P-E-H, which is a Coptic Egyptian term for the temple. The literal translation of Urpa is practicing heaven. <laughs> that just excited me when I read that. Look, guys, what are we doing when we come together at church? What, what are we here? What are we doing? We are practicing heaven. We are learning and getting better at it. And we are being formed for the future reality that will be our life in the new heavens and the new earth. Practices are formational. 
What we practice forms us inside, outside. It makes us into the people we are becoming according to what we are practicing. And as we practice heaven, we are being formed as citizens of the kingdom of God. The resurrection of Jesus Christ that we celebrated last week is the first fruits of all creation eventually experiencing resurrection. We have the opportunity in this temple, this church building, to practice heaven. I want this space to exude hospitality for us to Fill the atmosphere here with an expression that tells people, I am so glad you are here. We have the opportunity within the body of Christ, within our bodies, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit, to practice heaven as this Coptic term for temple is translated. Heaven, my friends, is a very hospitable environment. (laughs) The practice of heaven is the practice of presence. Another I can't believe I have to start this sentence with another pastor friend died this week in a tragic car accident. And as I was thinking and praying for my friend who is now widowed and what she must be feeling, I was struck with this reality. What makes life hereafter desirable is not all the beautiful surroundings. It's nice to consider. Revelation paints beautiful pictures of it. But beauty alone is insufficient. It is the reality of being present with the Lord. That is what we long for. Practicing hospitality is the deeply intentional practice of presence. Being present to the people you are with, being present to the spirit of Christ that he has breathed on us and sent us out with, sharing that presence through hospitality. God, help us to move beyond having to be right. (laughs) 
or polished or whatever and just have open hearts with the presence of Jesus. That is what our world needs so much. So for those of you that are here, um, to encourage us in this practice, I have a simple little gift for each family, and we'll, we'll, do, the, we'll do the counting and figure out how many, because it may be like for each car. <laughs> it's a little bumper sticker, and it simply says, be kind. This is the posture required for hospitality. When we find ourselves with people that we usually wouldn't associate with. I mean, come on, just, just whoever that might be for you, I just want you to see yourself in the space with them and get intentional about not being judgmental, not being stuck up, not being critical, and being hospitable. Be kind. <laughs> when we find ourselves around people that are more wealthy and influential than we are, and frankly, we feel intimidated. Be kind. When we find ourselves in a conversation where someone is critical of our faith, be kind. The practice of hospitality will build, will build our missional presence and help us to be on mission with God in this world. Amen. Let's pray. We want your presence, oh God, so much. And I thank you for this chance to come together and practice heaven. Practice singing out together worship to you. Practice loving each other as you have called us to do. Practice hearing your life-giving words. I pray that this moment will be formational for us. And I pray that you would give us opportunities this week where we can make a choice, act stuck up or be kind. Act holier than thou or be kind. Be judgmental or be kind. Set somebody right or be kind. Please help us, oh God, to learn the spirit of hospitality that opens our hearts and allows the presence of Jesus to fill the space so that you can do the work you want to do. In Jesus' name.
If you enjoyed today's message, why not share it with a friend? I invite you to subscribe at Apple Podcasts and our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments. So glad that you were with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. At Vienna Assembly of God, we love God, others, and life. And we're leading our community in a growing relationship with God.